Zig coming in at the top of the interview. I'm going to be quite quick with this one. This is my first podcast with my best friend, Mr. Dakota Kroos. And we're pretty much going over the band history. Check it. At the gig podcast, I'm hanging out with uh, the man from my band, my best friend in the land. He's here to brag, and I'm here to boast, Mr. Dakota Kroos. No, that's all chopped. Now it's <laughs> that was a great intro. I'm keeping that. I'm keeping that. <laughs> Welcome to the Stick at the Gig podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Official intro brought to you by new co-host, Coda Kroos. With the most. The host with the most from coast to coast, if you will. I'm here with my good friend, Zig at the Gig, usual usual host of this podcast. Uh, until now, until now, it's been taken over. My good friend Dave Dickey. So it's we're here. I'm Cody Cross. It's Dave Dickey. Uh, we're here on the Zig at the Gig podcast, episode number twenty five, maybe now. I've been uploading yeah, so much, like I don't even know. I was going to test you. You're right. I did some research today. And with the George one, this would make this one 25. So you're right. You nice. Did, you that was did, a good... You passed with an F plus. Uh, uh, barely. <laughs> Just barely, but you passed. Uh, well, it's been going on, man. How's the uh, quarantine been for uh, for you? It has been regular life for me so far. <laughs> I've, been, uh, I've been working and I've been... Um, Living regular old life, nothing really has changed for me so far other than I can't go to bars and I can't really go hang out with people or anything, but my life's still been the same, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's, you're probably the only person I know that's still uh, working every day, like nothing's been, uh, <laughs> like, changed. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. Was it, uh, which is, I mean, but you're not the only person who's doing the construction bit that's still doing it. I forget, me and George were talking earlier and he was saying, uh, Jess from Bar 107, her significant other, um, does some type of construction. And George is like, yeah, they're saying there's like a couple hundred people on the site. I'm like, yep, that's what Cody yeah, told me. Yeah, the site I work on, there's like about 100 people to 200 people every day. And, um, yeah, man, I just basically keep, I keep gloves on my, the whole day. I never really take my gloves off at all. Yeah. Um, and I just stick to my own thing in my in my little room. I try to stay away from everyone. So, well, I mean, I think you did that before. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that's what I mean. That's what <laughs> my cousin, me and my cousin were talking, and Jason said, uh, "We, me and him, are made for this type of of stuff because we just like to sit in our rooms by ourselves, anyways." You know, <laughs> social distance enough. Oh man, yeah, it's weird. It's weird. I've been just talking to people. <laughs> yeah, you've been doing really well with the podcast. So um, casting I a lot. Start off with my first uh, little takeover segment here. It's right. got the. It's got so I got the, I've got theme songs for each 
segment. This first one here, I'm working with the title. I kind of, I know you, you, so you have trademark uh, the name Zig at the Gig podcast. Oh yeah. But I'm, I'm going to sneak in and take the trademark for the Zig at the Gig podcast segment. Okay. That's my trademark name for this <laughs> segment right here. All right. Coming up. Well, we got segment number one. <laughs> That's some good intro music. They get the gig. All right. So the concept of this segment <laughs> with nice, nice, nice theme music brought to you by Herb Albert and the Tijuana Brass, of course. On vinyl. Yeah, all these all these uh, songs will be on vinyl because I'm talking to you on my phone, so I can't <laughs> I can't do anything. <laughs> I, had to, I had to pull all these records beforehand and sit here. And time each one. Nice. <laughs> so, to get the gig segment, for this segment, I thought we would talk about, on a normal day, we'd talk about, like, just plug any gig. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. So, like, gigs that you'd be playing during the time, you could plug right here. But also, you could plug your guest gigs. You could also plug... Um, any gigs you saw coming up, like, oh, you, I saw Rad Chili Peppers are coming to town. You could talk to your guests about that kind of stuff. And then you could also talk about, like, oh, I just went and saw, I went and saw Go Go Bardello the other night. So it's kind of zig at the gig every. At the gigs. Every, every yeah. fast, you know, anytime, any type <laughs> of gig you want to talk about, this one you talk about it. But this isn't a normal time, so we don't have gigs right now. So I figured yeah. for this one. Instead of talking about gigs, we just talk about live streams. You know, we plug, we'll start off and plug a couple uh, that we've done and and that our friends have done, and then we'll talk about some ones that we've seen recently that we've got to watch. You know, so the the segment's called Seam of the Stream. For right now, yeah, it could be that. (laughs) That's better than just the name of the podcast, but. So, well, I think we both were um, emotionally torn by the one we just saw moments ago, yeah, we George Hartwig's. Yeah, done watching the live stream. For those who don't know our good friend George Hartwig, he uh, he hosts these live streams on his page. It's His music page is Furious George Hartwig, if you'd want to follow it. Um, and he does these live streams that are really great from his basement. And he just did one where he sort of, let me pull like up a, what it is actually called, because he had a good, like, very specific. I was gonna say, if you want to speak on it, I got, I got pretty emotional right off the bat because yeah. you just started talking about me and Dave. Yeah, and that man. was like, yeah, that was crazy because it was, it was like that's because all the people that were in the live were all uh, people that have gone to, have been to all those gigs, and it was really like being at one of those gigs. It was. He Real called trip. it the Furious George Live Jam Night Tribute Show, Sean's Tunes, and Q&A. Yeah, so basically he ran through all of his history at Mike Nights, which is where me and Dave got started. So it was a real time it's capsule for... Not only got started, that's where we met. Yeah, that's where we met. But at I, George's Mike Night. Like, that's yeah, totally. the, It's not even like the... St- so many other people have been affected by his Mike Nights. So it was basically all these people in there talking and hanging out. Um, crying. He's been, he's been doing <laughs> a, a bunch of people of crying. Um, our friend Michelle Gaw has been doing a lot of... The virtual CLE, which also happened tonight. Um, 
it's probably actually now just ending. Virtual CLE, so give that a follow. Virtual show CLE. She's been doing uh, a lot of live shows that are really cool. Me and Dave did one with Pat last week at Studio 44, which was really cool. The first C-level stream. Yeah, the first one. And then I think uh, both of us have done solo ones. Yeah, I think I'm I'm doing one tonight at 1 in the morning for Megan Stefka's 48-hour stream fest. <laughs> Stupid. Wild, man. I feel like you've been going all day because you did a podcast earlier. You just you watch the stream. Yeah, I mean, I've been it's much as I've been not in f- physical space working or teaching or playing. I'm doing. I'm, I've been busy. I've been driving myself like to the like degree of like forgetting stuff I'm trying to learn. You know what I mean? Like I've been spending three hours a day like learning stuff in like a. Then just jumping in and doing podcasts for an hour, mixing them, putting them out, and like uh, staying staying busy. It's kind of wild. Yeah, I can see how crazy active you are. (laughs) Why did you you just point at me like that? I was moving something that popped up on my screen. Gave me you gave me like the Simpsons point. You. Any any like uh, uh, non-local streams? Me and you are probably going to do one coming up soon, right? We talked about that. In yeah, we're, we're going to do a solo Q&A, old school. I want to do kind of like what George did tonight. I thought that was really cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, sort of like that, you know what I mean? I want it to be where we can see. He's really good at reading the comments and being responsive. We need to work yeah. on that. Well, last time uh, we used all our camera, all our, all our phones as cameras except for Pat. And uh, Pat was kind of like... Focused on what we were doing. I'm trying to think of any other like local friends. I can't. None are popping into my head. Tony Schultz watching. did one tonight. Um, oh, okay. yeah. I saw what's what's we were talking about him the other day. Brandon. What's oh, his Brandon. Name? Brandon, a uh, postman. He did one tonight. He did one tonight. Um, Char- oh, Charlie's doing one on Sunday at eight o'clock. Oh, that's sick. Um, uh, ben Gage yeah. in the Gage House sessions. They he did one. He's uh, Akron. He does like this really cool setup where you get the screen, you can see the person playing and the comments on the screen. And he's got another camera in some other room, I think on his cat or something. He's got another camera that bounces around. That's mighty fancy. It is mighty fancy indeed. I mean, ours was pretty fancy. It was, no, yeah. You <laughs> did a good job. If I'd say so myself. But, um,. <laughs> So, yeah, I've been watching a lot of really cool ones. Before George, right after me and you got off the phone, I got to watch Trevor Hall. He did one. I yeah, that was watch, sick. I didn't get to watch the whole thing because me and you were on the phone. But, um, yeah, that was beautiful. And then, like, I don't know. I've just been seeing crazy ones. I saw. I told you I saw James Blake did one the other day. That was absolutely beautiful. Um, Mike Dean. Yeah. Showed him, super producer who makes Kanye's music. He's been doing these like Pink Floyd ones where he's just in a room with all these keyboards and shit. Um, I've been watching a lot of like DJ ones. Quest Love's been doing a lot of DJ ones. Ninth Wonder, you know. So it's pretty much like all the. Anytime I've been checking my phone for stream, if I'm just on my phone, I, the first thing I do is check for streams. Like I don't know if I told you, but John Butler's been doing ones every morning. Yeah. Basically, no, so I haven't every, seen any of his. 
every morning when I wake up at six, so Australia, Australia time is a lot different from our time. So uh, okay. imagine like six in the morning here must be like normal daytime there. Cause he always does one right at six in the morning here. Hmm. And so all every day of the week I've woke up with, um, John Butler and his streams, he just does like 10 minutes of just noodling. He just picks up an instrument. Oh, okay. Just <laughs> for like ten minutes, and it's just cool to wake up with. You know, <laughs> I went. To, uh, Chad, the Colonel Crows has been doing one with Chad oh, and Sybil. Cool. They do one every day, like at four, and it's like a, a couple songs, and a, it's probably like a ten minute thing. Yeah, you got to send me that one next time it's on because I want to check that out for sure. Blow them up, yo, hey, yo, hey, yo, 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 hey. <laughs> That's cool. So, yeah, there's been a lot of really cool live streams. Um, oh, yeah, last night I watched Dave Matthews, dude. He did yeah. one. It was nuts. He was wasted drunk. <laughs> and he told this story about a wizard plumber. <laughs> and he it thought was, of you? Uh, it, it was nuts, man. And I'm just, it, I, it was so crazy to be sitting on my couch just watching Dave Matthews. And he was, like, playing. And it wasn't in his – they built it as his living room, but it was, like uh, – like up in his garage, I guess, or something. Either way, it was just so weird, you know. I don't. I want to put it past Dave Matthews having bust, a garage. Busted the lately at one point. It was crazy. Yeah. I was telling my mom and Kelly about how like uh, he was so drunk, and when he <laughs> in between songs he would talk, and he would be so wasted and and like <laughs> saying nonsense. Yeah. But then he launch into these tunes with you know how he plays with these complex jazz chords. And, and these kind of wacky, crazy melodies. Yeah. And he would just nail these tunes every time. You know, like... He That's might, mind-blowing. He might mess up a lyric or two, but, like, he really would just nail the tunes. And then in between the songs, he'd be like... <laughs> and he's, like, just wasted. And I was like, man, how is this guy nailing these weird chords? And I don't know. It's <laughs> Was it? Have you? What do you think of a the live stream compilation thing? There's like some celebrity live streams where it's like a um, a bunch of people mouthing along to one person that sang Imagine. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, actually, I was gonna send you one of those and say we should try to do something like that. Yeah, I, I think it'd be funny if we got a good if we got the right song and we got a bunch of local people like George and stuff. You know. All right, as long as we don't do anything serious, because <laughs> the serious one no, was a little cringy. Seen, the ones that I've seen were funny and, and like satire. Like the first one I saw was it was basically all like jam band. Yeah, people, yeah. And it was too. Um, I can't remember the song, but it's a goofy song. So I don't know. We'll we'll figure. I I thought about that. We don't have enough friends though. Realistically, <laughs> realistically, we don't got enough friends. People. It'd just be a cycle of the same ten people. <laughs> <laughs> It's pretty cool. It yeah, it if we can, cool. it will, it'll peak out. We'll get me, you, right, Pat. So. Pat won't do it. Ming. And then, um, but yeah, I think before we go to the next segment, I think that is making fun of the Imagine one that's serious. I never caught that, you know? I think that's what it is because, like, that one is so cringy and, uh, all right, cue up the next segment, man. You had the right, the needle ready, the drop. All right, yeah. Next segment is called. This one's kind of just a me segment, not so much you. This one <laughs> called "Air It Out with Coda." <laughs> I told you I was gonna come on your podcast and just air some stuff out. So, uh, 
make this live <laughs> all right yeah man air it out with coda that's the theme song right there it's called t plays it cool from this beautiful marvin gay record that my nice. drummer me um so yeah this segment basically just me just putting out what's on my mind i got a couple things on my mind you know i'm start off something i've wanted to say for a long time street sweepers dumb pointless <laughs> dumbest thing in quite possibly in the universe i don't get the point of them it's a big machine that just blows combustion and air and bad things into the into the ozone (laughs) to sweep up the street that's just going to be dirty again in like another two minutes (laughs) yeah there's probably a way to address the problem of street sweeping from the source. <laughs> like never, never understood street sweeping. So piggybacking off of that one, I just wanted to talk about Lakewood a little bit and just air out a lot of things about Lakewood because that one, you know, street sweepers that are in Lakewood, they kind of go with Lakewood. So, so like, wait, wait, wait. Is this number five or number one on the list? Are we building up to number one? We should build up to number one. Fair enough. Well, they're not all bad things. I got okay. some things on my mind that I want to air out that are good. Okay, okay. This is probably the word, the main crux of the segment here was just bitching about Lakewood. I wanted to say, <laughs> all right. Lakewood's this type of city that I simultaneously love and hate at the same time. It's the weirdest situation because so many great things and so many bad things. And like lately, it's just been driving me insane with the whole with everything that's going on with the Corona virus uh the city of lakewood is not under quarantine these people are just outside like hanging out like it's a normal day and i drive down the shoreway every day coming to and from work and all week there's been people at the beach the beach is packed people are at the beach i saw one i saw a couple dudes surfing the other day what um there's no surf in cleveland cue up that track they were they they were surfing. Uh, they're in mad big groups grilling out in, in the by the beach. Everyone hanging out at the beach. Um, That's how you know they got Corona. <laughs> you're driving down the street and it's just all these people walking their dogs. Man, I've never seen so many people walking their dogs. And here's my trip. I feel like people are just walking their dogs. To be rebellious at this point. Y'all didn't walk your dogs that much before. <laughs> they were just, you know what I mean? They just want to walk their dogs because they cannot go outside for any other reason. So they're like, yeah, I'll just walk my dog. And if, if someone tells me no, I would say, oh, I got to walk my dog. But it's like, <laughs> if you're really worried about the quarantine, just let your dog outside to do his business. You know, if he wants to run around for 10 minutes or so, do it in your designated area. Bring him back in. I don't get why I've seen hundreds of people walking dogs this week. Dude. Like just way abnormal amounts. <laughs> and abnormal amounts of people riding bikes. Yeah. And it's, it's just crazy to me. Just Lakewood is not shut down in any way. Like, it's the same old Lakewood, except you can't go into bars. But the people are still riding around in front of the bars <laughs> outside. It's nuts. 
Yeah. <laughs> and then just the whole city. I could, I could go on and on. No, no, this is the segment. I want to say there's definitely, I noticed a trend last year. As soon as the weather got nice, people and the dogs be out. For sure. Now, even though people are not allowed to go out. I mean, that's, yeah, I that's think, a good thing, too, is the weather broke right when all this happened. Yeah. But I'm just saying, when I go to other cities, like... Uh, Cleveland? I've been, well, I've been hanging out by my mom's a couple of times out in Sheffield, Avon, and that's, like, you know, shut down. Like, you can't do anything. If you go anywhere, the cops will pull you over and be like, what are you doing here? Go home. You know, and I just don't... I don't, I don't understand why the people of Lakewood are just wild and don't care. Not and giving no fucks. I've noticed, too, the people in Lakewood just have given up on, like, driving, caring <laughs> about driving because of because they think the world's going to end. I've almost gotten, like, three accidents in just time, in, like, weird times when I shouldn't have gotten it, where there shouldn't be crazy people on the road. And there's, I don't know, like, it seems, uh, it's just blowing my mind. Man. Because like, of bikes? No, not because of bikes, because of people, uh, just poor driving. There's people, people driving, like, there's no one on the road. You know what I mean? Because there's, okay. there's less, there's less cars. But that doesn't give you the right to just drive like, <laughs> insane person. I've, like, I've almost got hit several times because people are just driving like Yeah, didn't no you bike. almost get hit by a cop? Oh, yeah, yeah, a couple of days ago, yeah. That should that definitely was, be, that, be on blast right now. We're putting Lakewood was, on blast, but law enforcement. That was in Cleveland, though, not Lakewood. Oh, okay. I was turning down a one-way. It's, it's right in front of the building that I work at. And the cop, I basically was coming down the one-way. The cop saw me, so he stopped and, and let me go. Well, I was going the right way. Yeah. Went, and then once I went, he continued to just... Drive down the wrong way. Drive the wrong <laughs> way down one way. So I really didn't get almost hit. I was, I guess, I was over making that sound a little crazier than it was. But still, I was just pissed. Was it? Well, that that was aired out for last week. I'm already over that. <laughs> That's aired out. Well, what's the so positive part of aired out? I wanted to say strawberry banana starburst are the greatest flavor of starburst I've ever. <laughs> you can get these in the tropical. Brand of of Starburst, yeah. Flavor. Call it a you, tropical's got some other good flavors, but strawberry banana, you'll bite into it. It's like biting into a a pink cloud. You just go right into heaven. <laughs> Best Starburst, and that's that's pretty much it for air it out, man. That, know, there's just, no other positives. There's just strawberry Starburst. <laughs> what about <laughs> what's the, <laughs> what's the nasty coconut one, one that's always in tropical flavors? I had one other positive wrote down. Spawn's very cool. Spawn is very cool. All that's right. A, it looks like you queued up another record. Yeah, I did. I did, but that's. A, I mean, I could elaborate on the Spawn thing. I got. Yeah. I got from Half Price Books. I got Spawn one through twelve. Nice. Or they had it for fifty dollars in a pack. Oh, sick! You but, were talking about that. I didn't know you got, got it though. Yeah, I got a half off coupon from Half Price Books. I have that. It's my told, it's free. I told double it, double it again, and then it was twenty five dollars. Nice. Damn. Was it? Is half half price ain't open now? No, no, no. This was like two. This was like. Come on, man. You know I stocked up on books. This was like yeah. a week ago. <laughs> yeah, I stocked up oh. on one comic. Unless we're gonna go to a comic comic segment. 
Well, no, no, no. That's not the next segment. That'd be a whole other podcast. I've told you several times. <laughs> give me. That's why I didn't launch into the spawn. I was just gonna say Starburst because I'm like, man, if I start talking about spawn, I might go down fucking right. But because oh, literally goes down rabbit holes, but not they're not rabbit holes. They're more like dark shadow universes. You know what I? Mean? <laughs> It's pretty cool. If you don't know, it's a lot cooler than your boring rabbit hole. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so you ready for the next segment? Uh, Yeah, dude. These segments are awesome. Segment. You you enjoying them so far? Yeah, this so far has been my favorite. I got three total segments, and I thought I would, like I told you before we started when we were having a private conversation, I told you. Uh, Should we start a, a private Snapchat account so people can pay in to hear those private conversations? That's not necessary. I was just telling you that you could take these segments and throw them in the trash can if you'd like, or you could elaborate on them for your other guests. But my plan is to come with three. I got three segments today. For the next time, I might revamp one. But I'm probably going to come with like two more. I'm going to try to keep some fresh segments. But you, like I said, you can use them. You can do whatever you like. I appreciate um, Coach Coda's <laughs> podcasting. That was loud. <laughs> Coach Coda's podcasting advice. Um, I definitely dig the segments. I don't know if Aaron out with Coda is going to work work out with yeah, anybody I but said, you. That's a, that's a segment. That's a, that's a once in a while when I got angry things. <laughs> I think that's in every... Yeah, no, I had more before, but when I was making notes, the thought I could think about was I hate street sweepers and Lakewood and strawberry vinegar. Yeah, no dumb. The next segment is going to be one that I think uh, you'll. I think this one you'll like the most. All right, cue it up. All right, I'm just going to launch right into the music here. Um, do you know it? Hey. Yeah. So this segment is called Albums That Changed You. All right. Okay. Um that that song of course you know for our listeners that don't know is called Stay Close to Me. It's by, by the, the Bad Brains. My Bad Brains, and it's off their record, Omega Sessions. This is the record that I chose this week for our segment, Albums That Changed You. Um, I know I've talked to you about this album before, but maybe our listeners have never heard of it or Bad Brains. The record is purple. It's clear. Um, it's like a clear purple. I got it. The actual vinyl is purple yeah, and clear. I- yeah, the actual record. I don't believe you can get this on CD or uh, it's on Spotify now, but it used to not be. But uh, you got it like Hot Topic or something, right? Yeah, I was just gonna say I got it at Hot Topic, I believe, and that shows you how young I was and how like because <laughs> you know, I would never buy a record at Hot Topic now. So like I was definitely I was really young. I didn't know who Bad Brains was when I bought the record. Um, Dave can see the cover our listeners can't but i basically bought the record because of the cover um didn't know who bad brains were i knew they were a band i knew they were black i mean looking at the album cover you see it's just these angry looking 
African-American. Yeah. <laughs> huge dreads. And it's just the coolest looking thing in the world. And I bought it literally just because of how cool the, the album cover looked and how cool they looked on the back. Because in the back, they're in this like fucked up spray painted room, this punk rock room. And it's just, it's, I was like, this, this kind of like launched me into punk rock, like low key, bad brains. Um, and the, I just I just actually noticed this the back in the front and cover photos are by Glenn Friedman, who's one of my favorite fo- photographers who did all the like he's famous for the Dogtown photos. He's the yeah. one photo- he was the photographer for the Dogtown kids when they used to skate. But he did a lot of punk pictures also. Um, yeah, this record's nuts, man. Like we used to cover "Stay Close to Me" in our in our first band that we had Aberration. Yep, we used to do that song all the time. I still play it all the time. And there's another song on here, At the Movies. I used to cover that one a lot. We've jammed on Attitude before. I mean, there's only five songs on this record. It's an EP, but it pretty much just blew my brains out of my head. And uh, needless to say, Bad Brains is one of my favorite bands all time. Probably my favorite, for sure, my favorite punk band. Yeah. Uh, heavily obsessed with HR. And this record just, yeah. It's hard not to be. So it's, I've listened to it so many times that it's, it's, if we tried to, if I tried to actually play it right now, it wouldn't play. It's one of my only records I have that I've played so much that it just won't play anymore. <laughs> and I think it holds the say, cause that was a new record too. It wasn't like you bought that one used. That was a yeah, real deal. Right, it was brand new when I bought it. So, and it didn't take very long for it to go. <laughs> it's been, it hasn't played for years. So I feel like I gave you long enough in my rant. No, think, I think to think about it a little bit because I know I kind of probably caught you off gear with this one. You're not uh, fully prepared for yeah, but I think that was a real good. Uh, I really like that segment, and I want to add to the record. I got one in mind, but going. You on, want uh, Omega sessions? Oh, I forgot to say this is also their first. This is their first recordings ever. Yeah, that's why it wasn't available on Spotify, and it, it's not a widely available record because these are the first record. These are kind of like their first demo recordings that they did. So a lot, a few of these songs ended up being re-recorded, and uh, some of them didn't make it to like "Stay Close to Me" was one that never really got any light of day besides yeah. the random demo record. So, um, which is weird because that's a banger. That's a banger of a tune, and like yeah, even when they. Record. When they started to do the next few records after their first record, their self-titled, like mm-hmm. they didn't—I don't think they went back and redid that one. Some albums they went back and redid stuff. Yeah, they every now that I'm looking at it, every song on here got redone except for that one, which is weird. I bet there's a story behind that somewhere. Um, but yeah, I remember that record. I remember when you got it. I remember when you told me where you got it. <laughs> I think you were. I think I remember. Um, you told I probably, me. I probably aired out Hot Topic and was like, "Yeah, I remember <laughs> hanging out at, at your place in. Uh, I think at the time your room was in the back on the where you had that patio entrance. Okay, when you shared it with me, or maybe you brought that one over. I can't remember, but I remember. I remember you sharing that one with me and being like. Whoa. I know my room was upstairs when I got it, but I probably showed you it at, at another time either way. Mm, then maybe you brought it over. I probably I, brought it over. Yeah. I was very, very obsessed with this record. It was. It also has, since our, our listeners can't see it, but you might be able to see it 
on his knuckles right here on HR's knuckles. It says DMC, which is my initials. Yeah. Something that something that I've done to very few of my records. I got it from my uncle Tom. Going back to like my record collection, I got my record collection when I was 11 years old. Or I started it rather uh, at 11 when my uncle Tom passed. I got all of his old records. And he had like maybe two or three records that he had wrote his initials on, which is TMG. Which and, ones uh, were they? Dark Side of the Moon. Okay. I can't think of the other ones off the top of my head. I know one of them was a record that I wasn't very much into. It was like Emerson. He was really into like Emerson, like in Palmer and stuff like that. Gotcha. But one of them was a record that I wasn't necessarily too into. I can't remember, but anyways, I went through at one point and I picked 10 records, I believe it was. Maybe five, maybe, I want to say it was 10. Maybe it was five. Either way, I went through and I picked, like, my favorite important records to me and put my put my initials on them like that. And all, and I put put them on the dark side one. So if you look at nice. my dark side record, it's got my uncle's initials and mine. So. That's cool. Yeah, my aunt's records, some of them got that. And I think... I think a lot of them were records that people had copies of, and yeah, you know, I mean ones that sold a lot, or you really had to initial it, make sure oh, no yeah. one swipes your clean copy. Yeah, I never thought about that. I know with my uncle, it was because they were his favorites. Gotcha. But yeah, you're right. I mean, that makes sense. Um, but that's cool. I, I I didn't notice that about the about the knuckles on that record, but uh, that's I mean I think that's that's almost like a rite of passage, like. This is your in the years from now. Whenever you give your record collection to somebody, they're gonna be like, "Well, this is Uncle Coda's favorite." Cool looking Bad Brains record collection. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, why, why? This sounds awful. It just skips. It's covered in scratches. It's got it. This thing. What's hot topic? <laughs> um, but so what? My more? my record. For my choice of a record, which I don't own a physical copy of, but I've been spinning it the last few days, has been um, since I, I don't know, I'd really have to come come at you with a a prepped record. Well, that's, the next the, that's the thing that's cool about this segment too is no one has just one album that changed them. Yeah. So you can do this segment with everyone that you have on the show, and you can bust out a different album out of your back pocket that pops into your head that. You you know what I mean? You can always have a different answer for sure. Um, yeah, which is cool, and different people are going to introduce you to different things. But um, for today, I'm uh, I've been listening to the Joe Strummer with the Pogues record. Okay, that's cool. I've been I've been bouncing that one a lot. I I believe I have that one. Do you? You have that one vinyl? Sick. Yeah, man. Was it? Um, yeah, their version of Straight to Hell is super cool. Oh, and yeah. there's a. Every time they do a Clash song, like they do um, a brand new Cadillac and then I Fought the Law, they have like this accordion in it and it really like sounds like it could be a Go-Go Bardello track. And like they think um, a Go-Go Bardello track with like Joe Strummer would be sick. So that's Joe Strummer has been kind of on my mind these last uh, quarantine days. I have, I have the, I think I have not the record that you're speaking about, but a, a live record of Joe Strummer and the Pogues. Yeah, that's but the one I was talking about. It is, it is so it's a live record. Yeah, okay. yeah I had that one, but it's, I think I, I think it's cataloged under the Pogues. I was looking for it under Joe Strummer, mm. but I think I have it cataloged in the Pogues. So you, you alphabetize, uh, or do you uh, just go, do you alphabetize everything record collection wise, or do you got like this is. I do, uh, 
I do alphabetize, but I got into a very bad, weird habit when I was very young with <laughs> yeah. my record. Of yeah. neglecting the last, you know, normal alphabet, they use the last name. So yeah. Drogue Stronger would be under S. As opposed to J. I use the first name. <laughs> call me call me weird, but I started doing it when I was 11, so you know, I kind of like just still do what I did, you know. It makes sense. As a kid, when I would look for stuff in bookstores, that's how yeah, I would go. I'm looking for Joe Stronger, you it's know. J. <laughs> <laughs> All right, yeah, that's a pretty good segment, the, Cody. That one's going to stick for sure. Well, yeah, I want yeah, I want to speak on yours a little bit. I mean, I can't think of it off the top of my head because I haven't been listening to it, but their version of Straight to Hell is really cool. I've never listened to the Pogues as much as I've wanted to. You know, I've only listened to – when I lived with Gabe, I know I listened to them a little bit, but I've really only listened to that music that they made with Joe Strummer. I'd like to – dive into their music the more a little bit more but um likewise so i'm you saying know, have you that was a record that you used to listen to a long time um, a no that's long? just a actually i was gonna tag it into a, how it relates to like a, a a long time um when i first got a, a crate of records it was from my aunt and like it was like a little crate of like 10 records <laughs> yep from my aunt renee and um one of those records was one by the Pogues, which I'd never really listened to because it was all uh, Beat up. mold. Her mm-hmm. records went through a flood, so only some played. And within that bin was a, a bunch of records, which I'm going to save for another segment. But one of them was the Pogues. And the outside of the vinyl, the outside, like the actual case of the record was in real good condition. But the record itself didn't really play. And they look like pirates, and they look really cool. And like for me, I was like, "Oh, I'm put this on. These guys are just gonna rock." And they're doing some Irish stuff in like high school. I was like, "Okay, that's that's yeah. neat." But it wasn't like a. It wasn't like um. I don't. That's kind of how I felt about my uncle's Emerson Lake and Balmer records. You know. Yeah. I was like, nah, it's cool, but nah. <laughs> and now I can appreciate it more, but that record, it wasn't like a rockin' one. It had a lot of ballads on it, from what I can tell, from what it would play. And like, uh, but the Pogues, the name always stuck out. And so when me and you, I think, the, down the line got into The Clash and got into Joe Strummer's solo stuff, seeing the record he did with them kind of... I don't know. The Pogue stuck I out never, in my mind because of that. I never told you what the theme song I used for the top of the show was. It was Capital Radio 1 off of Black Market Clash. Nice. By The Clash. By The Clash. 1977. Another thing I wanted to put out. I was thinking you could use... I didn't want to say this on the show. I was going to tell you later. But I think I was thinking you could use a different Clash song as your intro for every show. Instead of using that like 10 seconds of our song that's like... It's an all right 10 seconds, but The Clash is way cooler. <laughs> There's 10 seconds of a different Clash song every time. Yeah. Bam. <laughs> they got playing songs, you know what I mean? I think I'll use them. I, I got this way to uh, program songs into my uh, board here. Okay. So if you send me, like, the song, the timestamp, I can put it in and get a real good sounding cue up next time we that's do this. The that's the thing with The Clash. You don't need a timestamp. Joe Strummer song's perfect, so you just start right at the beginning. Well, yeah, for Joe Strummer, but, like, for these other stuff, uh, like, if we're going to... Oh, yeah, yeah. um, Herb Albert couldn't make a song as perfect as Joe Strummer, unfortunately. He made a... Everyone had his records, though. Those were in, like, every pile. (laughs) Um, 
I had a question. This is not really part of kind of just piggybacking off that segment. This is just a, this is just a question that I thought could you could sort of use when you're interviewing. It's a cool question that I like to ask people. Yeah. Uh, don't think I've ever I'm sure we've talked about it at some point, but I just okay. couldn't think of what your answer would be when I looked at the question. Let's see. So the question is what song made you realize that you wanted to play music? Mm. So for me, I have a distinct memory. I know a lot of people probably don't have this, you know what I mean? But for me, I have a distinct memory being in my mom's car. I think it was right when she started working at the Phoenix, maybe a little bit before she started working at the Phoenix. Yeah. And I was just getting into Hendrix and Clapton and Zeppelin and all of those like really good classic rock shits, you know. And it was one late night, whatever, coming back, she she must have been working at the bar and picked me up from whoever I was at, took me home, and she played me Stairway to Heaven in the car. Like, we sat in the driveway and just, like, listened to Stairway to Heaven in the car and just sat there. And I just yeah. remember thinking, like, dude, I want to do this. Like, I wasn't <laughs> sure what instrument or what part of the band I wanted to be, but I remember being, like, maybe 10 years old and hearing Stairway to Heaven and being, like, this is what I want to do, and then just diving headfirst into music. That's awesome. So is there a song maybe that you could think of from... I would think for you, honestly, I think it would be like a Stevie Ray Vaughan song or something, but I don't know. Your family's... Yeah. They're really musical... I'm trying to and, honest, and there was a million songs I heard before that that I loved. It wasn't like that was the first song I loved. That was just a song that like made it click in my head that like I want to play. Man, that's a good question. That is like that's what I mean. I kind of caught you off guard. No, so, no, know, this is good. Um, I think if you can't think of one, you, you don't have to answer it. But I just wanted to throw that question at you so you could throw it at other people and catch them off guard. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> This is a this is now the Zig verse. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I'm trying to turn you into Nardwar. I've been trying to turn myself into Nardwar. Uh, <laughs> there's so many like interviews I've always I've wanted to wrap up with, doo, 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 doo. <laughs> but then I was like, nope, can't do that. Um, I can't think of a song at the moment, but I can think of learning a bit on guitar that made me want to keep going. Dude, that's sick. Dude, it's weird. George was showing me action figures today, too. He had a Thanos. <laughs> yeah, I saw that on his live stream. What was it? Um, yeah, in the in the podcast I did with him early, earlier, he was putting it up to the, the phone. <laughs> um, but I remember uh, learning the beginning riff to um, Sweet Home Chicago, that, like, little... On guitar. Totally. And Crazy. knowing that, okay, now I can keep going with this. Like, oh, I can, I did that part? What's the next part? I got to think of the song that made me want to pick up the guitar. So I'll put a pin in that for now for next That's time cool. we do this. But Weird how certain stick with you. Like, I remember the first bar chord I learned. Was, was it F? Uh, or was it B? Yeah, no, it was F. It was nice. F sharp. Ooh. And it was... um. Because when I know when I played F, I always just played it, you know, like the mini way. Yeah, yeah, the open with, way. Without barring it, just sort of the easy way. And then when I got to F sharp, 
the tab that I happened to be looking at, it, you know, I could, when I first looked at a bar cord on the tab, it blew my whole mind. I could, to, to like, try to perceive that you had to play a chord where you touched every single string. <laughs> yeah. It blew my whole shit away, you know. And it was, the song I was learning was Tuesday's Gone. Oh, but yeah. And that's out of A, so that's definitely got F sharp. They got a nice F sharp in there, and I yeah. remember running in and telling my dad, "Check out this crazy chord I just learned. It's called a bar chord." <laughs> and I was like barely playing it, you know. And I don't know why that's just one thing that always sticks in my head. That's learning. that's a big point for a lot of guitar players. One that that George pointed out today, like how describing the mythos, uh, the the hidden code that is tab. Like how that's upside down, and once you start to read it, it's no big deal. But when you first start reading it, like or once I shouldn't say once you start, once you are fluent in reading it, it's not a big deal. But once you start reading, you're like, oh, what am I looking at? What number? What are these lines mean? And like you're saying, you're like, do you hold down all of them? How am I supposed to hold down a four here and a two? <laughs> like, yeah. but most yeah. people give up at the bar. They just like they're like capos are sweet. I'll use this forever. Yeah, one thing that really helped me. After a while, was I got a chord book that had the it showed you the fingerings. Yeah, you know, so it wasn't just like okay, here's the chord, here's the notes on the fret. Figure out how the fuck you're gonna make your hand do that. It would actually show you put your pinky here, put this here, and that kind of got me hit because certain things I was doing, <laughs> you know, the crazy. I still kind of do when yeah. I play that um, Devil's Work. That I ended yeah. with my yeah. That's got a really messed up chord in it, and I realized when I was playing it the other day that there's like a way simpler way of playing that chord, and I've been doing this crazy like mondo stretch thing that like kills my hand, you know? Yeah. And while I was messing around playing it, I'm like, oh, it's just up, it's up here. It's <laughs> 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 not that tricky. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, it's weird, man. Learning the learning process is especially when you do it by yourself. Now there's so much stuff to do it right. You can like learn so much crap. Oh, I remembered one that wanted to plug in the uh, the the seam of the stream. I just had a real good one before we go to this next segment. Have you seen well, any of? I'm, I'm not pulling up a record for a segment. You okay. can try to launch into the actual thing that we we're supposed to talk yeah, about. We did a good chunk of intro. Maybe maybe we'll do this in couple parts. We'll do a couple That's episodes. That's what I was gonna. Say. That's what I was going to say is maybe we'll chop it into two parts because I feel like we could keep this intro and then launch into sort of the albums and then sort of stop at the new record. Yeah, let's do like a build up or even if we just get through the early years, then do rights. Get to get through the first couple records, get to the new record. Yeah. And just have the next one. We'll just dive into the new we'll do some more goofy segments but then we'll dive into the, we'll do it we, you know what i mean we can do another one tomorrow if you want yeah for sure dude. um uh, but joe wrangle has been doing these crazy arrangements of like nursery rhymes have i you, saw i saw that it's he did like frere jaca and the <laughs> I, itsy bitsy spider yeah i only saw the itsy bitsy spider one but um I've been re- I've been asking requests. I'm like, dude, can you do Mary Had a Little Lamb? <laughs> when I saw the Itsy Bitsy Spider one, I'm thinking Dave is gonna love this more than any person in the universe. Like this is like, <laughs> I, I was watching this, just thinking Dave 
this video is made for Dave. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and you're just so right. Like, I blew it up. I was like, fire, fire, yeah! <laughs> <laughs> All right, I think we should uh, we should make our way towards the. <laughs> so yeah, the subject of this episode for our listeners, we were supposed to. Me and Dave had planned on doing a sort of album, you know, like a breakdown of our new album, you know, like a track by track breakdown where we talk about making the record and um, what inspired the songs and just anything that comes to our mind when we think about songs. But I told Dave to get to that. I feel like it makes sense if we sort of walk people through our first two records and our early sort of years and all that. Yeah. And we got a little caught up with all this goofy bits that we've been doing on these segments in the beginning. I don't know how long we've been going. I feel like it's been... It's been about been, an hour. I was going to say, it's been way longer than it should have been. Yeah, for sure. It's definitely been about an hour. Yeah, like, that's insane. So <laughs> we're going to get into just talking about our early years, and then we're going to save the album bit for another for the, the next episode, as Dr. Dre and Snoop Dogg would say. And Cliffhanger. So, yeah, the next episode will have more funny bits and a whole hour of nonsense again <laughs> with a cool hour where we talk about our album. So, anyways, um, Do you yeah, wanna- we watch do you yeah, want to yeah. take it from the origin of the group, or do you want to just kind of jump in on the first record? You know, since we watched George's live stream earlier, I'm feeling kind of nostalgic, and I figured we would just start there. So right. I met Dave when I was 11 years old. Dave At a bar. Was, I believe 15 years old. Yep. Yeah, yeah, because you, you didn't have your driver's license yet. And it was at a bar called The Phoenix in North Olmstead. Um and yeah, the person that we were talking about earlier that did a live stream, George Hartwick, he was hosting an open mic night at this bar called The Phoenix that my mom used to work at. My dad also worked there. And basically, I was like the bar kid. They really feel like every bar has one kid that just kind of like hanging around. No, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> Not supposed to be in there. I think but maybe back in, like, the the days of, like, pubs and nights, there was, like, back in the <laughs> bar, child, squire, please bring I've me some water. Always, I've kind of always been the bar child. So, <laughs> anyways, um, I would go up there a lot, and, you know, my not on, like, nights. I would go up there, you know, when it was closed and on weekends and stuff like that so anyways my mom told me there was this kid that was playing at open mic night that was just crazy she described him to me as crazy kid with this afro (laughs) hair that just looked down and would play these guitar parts that you couldn't believe and he could play just like Jimi hendrix but he could not look up at the crowd (laughs) i said i gotta meet him you know and so we went to this mic night and um yeah, that's when I saw you for... Or no, it wasn't at a mic night. She told me that you used to go and jam at the mic nights, but we first met was at an ACDC cover band show. Yeah, yeah. And I was doing sound. So now my brain's coming together. It was the first night I ever did sound. And if you remember, Dave, that sound room at the Phoenix was this tiny, tiny dungeon. It was like a room. Old- it was a room. There's not many sound rooms. It had its own, like closet room yeah but it was a closet exactly it wasn't a room room it was just a 
tiny little room filled with cords and you would get closed in there. It was, it was really weird for an 11 year old kid to be in there running sound for the first time. <laughs> sound for this ACDC cover band, which in hindsight, insane. I would hate to be in a band and have an 11 year old have anything to do with the sound. I'd be very angry. And, uh, oh yeah, they yeah. Anyways, yeah, we met at that show. I do remember that. And then after that, the first time I saw you play wasn't at a mic night. It was actually at that family fun fest um, in North or in Bere- at the Berea Fairgrounds. Oh yeah, yeah. And you played Little Wing with um, with George and Dave, right? Yeah, with Bass George and Dave. Dave and, and um, what was the drummer's name? Rob. I think yeah, I think it was Rob, and he would do that thing where you put like go parallel by holding a pole so yeah i saw dave play there i thought it was amazing um we started jamming at these mic nights and yeah that's pretty much how we got going um yeah and i remember you after that we like hit it off and we're like i think we would go to the mic nights and jam and like work our way through like standards like hey joe and um sunshine of your love and Never Stevie smoke Ray. on the water, but we should have done smoke on the water. Stevie Ray. <laughs> and um one thing I meant to bring up and air it out. Smoke <laughs> on the water. Dear world, smoke on the water is canceled. Period. End of rant. Friend. <laughs> but yeah. Uh no longer deep purple. Um but yeah, we would shed our way through that, and then I remember hanging out like during the week at my in my basement, and like I would I show was, you how. I remember this... when we'd hang out at your house, I was blown away by how many instruments you had. At the time, I had like one or two instruments, and I would come to your house, and you had a drum set, you had a bass amp, a guitar amp, you had all these, you had Marshall stacks, <laughs> you had all these, you had a double neck guitar. I was so like blown away we went in your room and you had a double neck guitar and i said how come you never play that and you're like oh then that one of the necks is warped or something and i was like it's still fried other neck you know (laughs) (laughs) yeah it was weird the one that was warped made the whole thing it just didn't hold tune um and like but that just kind of shows the age difference i was a lot younger than you yeah yeah but uh at the yeah I just remember we would hang out, and that's that's crazy. I didn't think, because uh, I, I had a bunch of, like, random pieces of guitars, and I still do. And, like, I use, I've pieced a lot of that together to teach. But, like, a lot of those... uh I didn't know at the time was how much your how much your family, like, how much your dad likes to fix stuff and just have yeah, yeah. sort of broken stuff, or, and how much of that stuff that's in your basement is probably, like, salvaged and... Doesn't and, work. Yeah, 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 exactly. So as a but, kid, unless... Okay, I was just like, "Whoa, basement, <laughs> This guy's so cool." <laughs> <laughs> and then every everything else has just gone downhill. You're like, "Oh, he's not cool at all." Um, <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I do. I do remember hanging out and like you were just like kind of uh, you had chops down on the guitar and like you were asking me to show you stuff and I remember just showing you stuff yeah, random stuff yeah. I was working on. Yeah, now that I remember, it was kind of vice versa of what we are now is I was just learning to get chopped up on the guitar and you were a lot more talented on the guitar. You could do solos and I couldn't really do solos or anything like that yet. And um, I was more comfortable with singing. 
And yeah. you were really uncomfortable with singing. Yeah, yeah. With hindsight, I guess it's kind of the opposite now. Or, I mean, not the opposite, but, like, I don't know. I just, when George was playing earlier, I was thinking about how nervous he used to get with singing and everything like that. And how I was just, like, fuck out it. there. I, yeah, out there. there. I, didn't, I didn't care. I never cared if I sounded bad. I just got up there and sang. But with guitar, I was like, oh, I don't want to. It's weird. Yeah, it's weird, like, where uh, where your mind trips you up with that. You know what I mean? Sure. But for like, you, you get up there and play guitar, but when it came to singing, you were really nervous back then. Yeah, and I can... I, I, and I trace it back because I still worry about the same thing. Because, like, I know when I play an E note, it's an E note, unless it's out of tune. Unless the mm-hmm. instrument's fucked, it's an E note. But if I sing and I can't compare it to an E note, I don't know if it's an E note. How do I know I'm on the right? You know, I mean, it's just I'm sure. already, you know, going That's down there. The difference between me and you. I, when I sing, I never think about notes. I think about kind of going back to the airy compliment you gave me. I think about just like how my voice feels, or yeah, how it sounds and feels coming out of my mouth. I don't think about the actual notes. I think about like, does it sound like my throat's clear? Does it sound like I'm able to do? I'm confident doing what I'm about to do, or am yeah. I? You know, like when I was singing the Al Green song, I was like, fuck, I'm not confident. <laughs> <laughs> no one's confident in singing an Al Green song except Al Green. <laughs> but yeah, and I, I get that. I get that. And like for a while, I was kind of, I, I think I just started always recording myself and listening yeah, you back. Practice, you practice singing more than anyone I've ever met in my life, honestly. <laughs> Thanks. Well, at least the dedication is counts. Hopefully, or at least back then. I'm yeah, not, yeah. I can't say for now, but I remember back then. I used to walk in your house all the time, and I would walk in, and your mom would be like, "Yeah, he's in his room," and you'd be in your room, and you'd be like, bleh, 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 just bleh, bleh, bleh. Yeah, yeah. From far away, it sounds like someone's like trying to force vomit or something. <laughs> like it sounds really, really weird from far away. And yeah. your mom would always be like, "Well." And Dave's back there in his room, and I'd be like, "Yeah, I'll wait till he comes out." <laughs> so through this madness, um, we, we learned to play our instruments. And we learned, learned to play our instruments. The first band we started was called Aberration. Yeah, and it was kind of like a. Before we did that, we were going out to Mike nights together as a, like yeah. a, playing songs. <laughs> Yeah, we used to jam at Mike nights ever since we met, you know. Yeah, so yeah. Ever, we've been we've been jamming at Mike nights for almost fifteen, yeah, probably like fifteen years now. Yeah, or I mean, at least fifteen years ago was when we started jamming at Mike nights. Yeah, for sure. And then we didn't start a band for a good couple of years. We didn't start Aberration until we had been jamming for probably at least like you know three or four years. Yeah. And yeah. Maybe even more than that. And then when we started Aberration, we kind of did a lot of, like, reggae covers, and it was more of a cover band. We did a couple originals, but yeah. it was mostly covers. And at, did, the time, um, at the time, you were playing with a lot of different groups. Yeah, I can't... And I'm trying to remember all who I was playing with then. You're playing with all kinds of people. And yeah. so I remember eventually we ended up playing with a different person because you couldn't be there a lot. Yeah, well, I remember. So, I remember so eventually, was, you kind of, you kind of just became like a when you could do it type yeah. member, you know. And then as that was happening, you started to write these batches, this batch of songs, 
and I remember you you uh, told me you wanted to start a band called Sea Level. You had this like vision. I remember it wasn't like a clear, but yeah, you weren't you weren't on some you weren't on some like Ramon shit, you know. <laughs> yeah, but you did have somewhat of a vision. You said I want to start this band called Sea Level. I got these songs. I want it to be a power trio, and you know you had like a real specific sort of beginning and when we came together i remember the first song i think we played correct me if i'm wrong was stomps at that first the first the first song you showed us as a sea level song i believe yeah was i think so well even before we get to that point we were doing aberration i remember i remember who's we had gore on drums gore was on drums and Who scott was- Scott Bogner was the guy who was playing bass. Yeah, and when you be around, because me and you used to switch bass and guitar. Yeah, and what he's playing trombone or trumpet or yeah. horn. Yeah, you're right. He would play trumpet. And I remember he would set up all these like badass house we shows. Of, yeah, we do a lot of house shows with Aberration. I think we only did one real uh, bar gig. Yeah, and I remember everything, everything else was like Mike nights and house shows. Yeah, yeah. But we passed out so many demos. <laughs> I was relentless with yeah. demos. Yeah, you were on point with this it. Stage. And I remember the tracks. You what? I got a million of those demos still. <laughs> <laughs> I remember I remember there was a reggae version of Keepsake. There was yep. um, a Bad Brains tune. Did we do Bad Fish? We did do Bad Fish. We did um, Stay Close did. to Me, Bad Fish. A blues song every day. I every have day, blues. yeah. Gore would always want to play that one at Mike Knight. Um, <laughs> Nick Van Neal, for those who don't know who Gore is. Yeah, shouts out to Nick Van Neal, our good friend. Hopefully, he'll listen to this, but he doesn't seem like a podcast guy. I hope that doesn't offend him if he does listen to this. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't think it would. Um, but yeah, we did a lot of songs. We made a little demo tape. Um, we passed out the demo tape relentlessly. The band kind of fizzled out. It was kind of, like I said, it was more of a cover band. We didn't do too many originals. But one song, now that I'm looking, I have I have all the records in front of me right here. I don't have the Aberration one. I should have grabbed yeah. that one. I didn't think about it, but I have a copy of our... getting specific. Way more specific than I thought we would, which is good. I have a copy of our first record, um, Seasonal is Not Enough, like the original one. With the nerds? And, yeah. Nice. And Let It Feel, well, the nerds aren't in here. <laughs> Let It Feel is a song that we used that was the first song you ever showed me you wrote and we used to do that at Mike Nights before yeah. we did it. we started any band and we did it with Aberration so, and then and brought it to sea level um, that was the first song you ever showed me and at the time I, I, my biggest like idol was Bradley Noel and when you showed me that song the first time I remember thinking like whoa this guy's like can write like Bradley Noel. Wow. And you only had like maybe two or three songs that you would show you showed me after that before we started T Level. So I didn't get too much of a glimpse of what you wrote. And then I remember you showed a stomp and I was like, oh my God, this guy's <laughs> You know? Is it? Oh, that means a lot, man. Cause I remember at that time I had like two two big musical influences and Bradley was one of them. And like Jimi Hendrix, Stevie Ray was the other. And, like, so I wanted to find a way to connect the two. And, uh, I don't know, so that, that means the world being that you're going to 
that you heard that heard through that. I remember. Um, so the yeah, guy- and that the, like the first thing when we first started hanging out, I was like, man, this guy can play guitar. I need to hang out with him and learn how to play guitar like him. And then, because I thought you were older, I never thought like I would start a band with someone that was cooler and older than me. You know? <laughs> yeah, and- still am, brother. Definitely <laughs> not now. That's cool now. But um, so I thought I would soak up your guitar knowledge, and then um, once I saw how good you could write songs, I was just like, "Oh my god!" Never mind the guitar playing. It's just like I was like enamored by your songwriting. You know what I mean? Thanks, man. Was it? Yeah, I remember. So during the time we were doing that, I was bouncing in a lot of things, trying to figure out how stuff works. And I met Jarrett, Jay, our friend Jay Sparrow. Jay Sparrow. Jay Sparrow. Who was the third original member of Sea level when he first started the band back in yeah. 2012, or 2010, right? 10 or 11, I can't remember. 2010, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, well, yeah we probably started then. Yeah, that makes Maybe sense. 11. Our first show was in November, so it was on the cusp of 10, 11. Yeah, it was in 2010, so um, it's been almost 10 years. We're coming up on our 10-year anniversary. So this record that I have in front of me, it says, All Songs Copyright 2011. Okay, so it's 2011. That's Well, that's when this came out, so we started in 10. Oh, okay, yeah. Because this is, this is trademarked. For 2011, I I bought that. I I paid for the rights for those songs. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, but it still looks so fake. Yeah, I mean, I know we paid for it, but it just like, yeah. like it just looks like a. Fake I did not know how to type it. For sure. Definitely. But, um, um, but so I met Jarrett. He wanted to start a Radiohead project, and I'm like, all right, cool. I'll come over and play your songs. And he didn't have it. And like same way at that age and still am. I'm the type of person that'll be like, Yeah, I got all these songs, all these songs. But I don't want to show any of them to anyone and they'll probably never exist in the world because they're just things in my brain. Yeah. And like Like how many songs have I ever showed you that I wrote? Three. That's nothing. Th- I'm yeah. probably gonna say at least like five or ten. I I mean I remember distinctly. But no, that three. makes sense. No, that makes sense. Like I'm saying, like I'm just really private. Okay. Next segment. Cody, <laughs> why are you so private? Here's the tune. Shitty tune. Uh, <laughs> Cody, why are you so private? Because <laughs> of people like you. <laughs> that was our segment of Cody, why are you so private? <laughs> but yeah, so we started this band called Sea Level. Yeah, we, uh, we're going to jump ahead to the record. Let's Let's yeah. get into it. So we, we made an album called Seasonals Not Enough. And on the cover, we put Dave's dog Zippy on the cover. Yep. At a weird angle from our first recording session, which was in my basement. Rest in peace to Zippy. Rip. One of my favorite dogs ever. Probably top two. I put him top two. I put him in top. <laughs> I'm sure he's number one for you. Hey. But for me, he's like top two, which is solid. There's a lot yeah, of great dogs. So- <laughs> um... I'm talking top two dead or alive. So hey. that's a lot of dogs. I just there's a lot of dogs that you just denounced. <laughs> so we originally recorded this record, um, parts of it in Dave's basement. Not very much. I think just one song in Dave's basement. We recorded two songs in my basement. One that went on the record. 
We recorded yeah, names and wherever I go in my basement. Wherever I go is the only one that made it out to the original record. And yeah. then we recorded the rest of it with um, Billy. Um, and did he have a name for his studio? It was like it was like in his back, his mom's backyard. He had this weird. It was in a barn, yeah. In uh, a barn. Anyways, we recorded this album that we ultimately we kind of rushed through it. We released it, but we ultimately weren't necessarily happy with. We just felt like we didn't get to put enough time into it. So yeah, Billy Morris. I forgot to say his last name. Really? Yeah, me either. Um, uh, we went back. Ultimately, and- we we re. Remade this record for sure, but there's originals around that are of demo quality, just because we rushed the guitars, vocals, everything on top. But what was cool about that session was we did I think everything in two sessions, the whole record. Yeah. And Bob Consiglio did most of the, like it was Billy's place, but Bob did most of it, and George showed up. Remember, he was there for recording some of it. Because we asked him to like kind of supervise. He showed up for Nada when we tracked that. That's cool. I don't remember that. But, um, yeah, looking at the two records, there's five songs omitted from the original album, two of which are kind of like a one's, a one's like an intro and one's an outro. Yeah. So, really, it's just three. What is it? Actual, I... <laughs> actual songs. Yeah. But if anyone wants a copy of the original recordings, you can pay me a lump sum of money <laughs> without Dave knowing. And we'll give it to you. <laughs> so with this record, a lot of the songs were he had already wrote all these songs. So this this record is like a um, like a collection of songs from that time. It's not like we yeah. went into record with any sort of plan structure anything this was a just a group of songs that dave had wrote so after that we did another record that we ultimately shelved it was out for a little bit and it was self-titled which yes our first one was called seasonals not enough but now it's self-titled some people still call it seasonals not enough it's kind of one of those things where it's like whatever you want to call it yeah you know because the second record the second record we ended up shelving, I'm looking at it now, and it has 14 songs, and out of the 14, four of them lasted, meaning four of them we still play yeah. to this day. On or the second record. Which, yes. Um, and there was, there was also... The record that we shelved, because I don't consider this our second record. I consider Rice our second record. Yeah. But I consider this our second Attempt. recording. Yeah. Yeah. What was the, so, I'm trying to think. This was pretty much recorded, what, in your basement, right? Yeah, with or Eli. Well, yeah, yeah, with, yeah, yeah, with Eli. From, this um, is, yeah, this is Eli. Bloody Show. This is band. Eli, Elijah Vasquez, and it's copyrighted 2012. There's some good songs on here that we haven't played in forever. I mean, they're weird recordings. Yeah. Weird songs, but. He was in the mindset. Song, I'm looking at the track list, but you don't get to see it, so it's yeah. unfair. But there's a song on here called Need to Know, which Dave described it as the first song he ever wrote. So, yeah, yeah, that was 
That was the first song ever. song, and it goes... It's a really cool song. And once again, if you want these recordings, you can pay me a lump sum of money. Without Dave's knowledge, you can message me privately and pay me on PayPal, and I will get you these recordings without we'll Dave's knowledge. We'll put it in the in the private Snapchat <laughs> as well. Yeah, I'll give you a live feed of it in a private Snapchat. <laughs> so, anyways, we shelved those recordings, came back to some of them later, and we ended up making our second record, which was called Rights, which was our first record that we like sort of made a concisive effort to do yeah. one sort of thing. I can't remember. I was trying to think of it earlier. If it so, was me or you. To clarify for the listeners, just to get caught up, we recorded one record with Billy Morris, rushed production, put it out, passed it around, that stuck around forever, uh, or for a while, and then we went and did another batch of tunes with Elijah, and then during the time of those being out, we weren't getting too many gigs, and Jarrett moved out to Tiffin, so we were kind of in a lull spot. And I was trying to find a way to record, but it was hard to get everyone in one spot. And so I found the the tracks, the the, the stem files, and re-recorded my parts to the first record, which we I was gonna do all the tunes, but some of them wouldn't work. Added horns and keyboards, and yeah, yeah, horns and keyboards, and and it got reproduced by Carrie. Who is our actual producer now? Of RCR, that's worked, that's worked on all of our recordings since since these young days that we're speaking on. And, the first uh, recording of which would be the redone version of of Seasonal's Not Enough. So our first record that's gonna be loud. I know it right now. You're gonna be pouring. It's gonna be loud. Do it. Do it. This is called Cody. I'm doing it. Oh, okay. That's how quiet it is. Wow. This is called uh, Corey, Cody pours one out for the records. Um, and uh, off that first record, the only ones that really got canned were uh, Saga. Saga? Stilly and Wherever I Go. No, no, no. no. What else was it not? And 44 hasn't been put out yet. Yeah, 44... Yeah, 44, Wherever I Go, Concepts, Stilly, Saga. Yeah, but I did attempt to record using those original tracks. Um, I couldn't do it with Wherever I Go, so I knew that would be a future endeavor. But For I sure. have I have a, a take of uh, Saga and Stilly, and it just didn't, uh, didn't pan out the way I wanted it to. I could probably go back and do Stilly now, but... um, They're beautiful songs if anyone would like to pay me a lump sum. <laughs> go to the C-level private Snapchat. <laughs> so yeah, that was a good update you just did. So then when we recorded this album, Rights, which is our actual second record, yeah, we decided to make an album that was sort of like a Pink Floyd experience where you go into a record and it's just like one long continuous recording one long song and we were hell-bent on doing it as a live set for about a what year maybe yeah. two years well because we, before we even thought about recording it we we did it as a live set we did it as a live set we yeah we definitely it, all the years we played with tom tommy patika it was a 
At this point, we had Tommy Patika in the band. We had our good friend Me. Gabe Real Xavier Blywolf. <laughs> and we also had our good friend Ming playing keys. So we had a, we had two guitars, keys, and and obviously bass and drums. And we would do this live set where we would start and not stop for about forty five minutes. It didn't. We didn't get any breaks at all. Yeah. To stop. For about 45 minutes and we did that for a really long time yeah, we're trying got to... really comfortable and got really good with it and then we went to the studio tried to track it and it didn't go so well no we did this a couple times and i remember so yeah. when we would play the set we called it the set we would do mm-hmm. uh, some of the songs were on the unreleased second record like forsaken was on it yeah just two um, of them and right 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 forsaken. and um so everything was pretty. Essentially, those are the first and last tracks. I never thought they, about they, it until now. They totally are. Um, but we just put stuff in between, and when we would play it live, we would kind of stretch. And like audiences didn't know. Like I noticed, people didn't know what to do when we didn't stop. At one point, they gave up on yeah. us. They're like, "I'm trying to clap, but you're not letting me do it. Do your <laughs> thing. I'll come back." <laughs> and we would stop, and no one would. Get, they'd be like. Oh wait, that noise stopped. <laughs> like, and we... yeah, it would definitely freak people out. Um, I personally love this record, and I can listen to this record like so much. And I really, there's a lot of songs on here I wish we played more. Um, particularly a wall, a punk. We haven't played those two songs since we used to do the set, as we yeah. called it. Yeah, and yeah, I love playing. I'm, I love listening to this album. We got um, Dan and Steve played on it, trumpet and tr- or trombone and trumpet, respectively. Like I said, it was recorded by Carrie Kirchell at RCR Studios. Yeah, we, we got some cool art by Jonathan Hooper, um, who's a friend of mine from second grade. He's a he's a jazz pianist now, and he rips. And we put this out in 2015. That's yeah. when. The- copyrighted for um but before we did it before we recorded it with all those guys with carrie we attempted to do it at bad racket when henry became a full-time um we didn't put this out in 2015 why is this copyrighted for 2015 that's a i think when i started it Mm. remember because when uh when we track yeah it. I'm, just, I'm just like looking at it and i'm like that can't be right we put this out in like 18 i think yeah well what we released it then when i started it it was a little different because i started recording re-recording okay, i didn't realize you copyrighted the songs then that's that's a that's an inside we're, we're letting the fans behind the inside curtain. scoop this is what you get in that private snapchat if you sign up now yeah. um no for 10 small payments of nine. <laughs> cool knife. Nine. <laughs> you can see Cody's knife. Um, <laughs> but I was tracking the old record redone and like the Narwhals record and some of the oh, yeah, new right. se- uh, some of rights at the same time. Um, yeah. Which is honestly, if anyone really likes to see behind the curtain, that's how C-Level does things. If you're interested in our process, we... Are crazy. We are crazy and we overdo things and we get <laughs> way too deep into a project and then start working on another project. And Without so, bailing out of any of them. At any given time, we'll we'll have like two or three projects going, which is good. 
and bad, you know. <laughs> it works sure. out and it doesn't work out. But if I've had people ask that to me a lot about like, well, oh, you guys put this record out and then you just put, because I guess we put this record, we put rights out about a year ago. It was a little bit over yeah, a year. No, ago. exactly a so, year. Even though we've recorded these songs a while ago. Way before. Um, um, we put the new record out just a few months ago, so it was literally a year between the two records, and a lot of people asked me, well, how did you guys do that? And my response really? was, well, we we are working on like so many projects at once, because when this comes out, we're already working on two more projects, and that's what I'm trying to explain to people, because they're like, oh, when you got this one, so you must do stuff really fast, and I'm like, yeah, we do it fast, but we also do it slow. Yeah. Yeah, so it's like, weird. We a lot, we, it's a weird. It's hard to explain, but we have a lot of stuff going on right now, and we probably have like a good amount of songs in the in the ether, but they aren't gonna come out for a while. You know what I mean? Yeah, so, especially now with the. Because I was hoping that I was hoping to start tracking stuff with Carrie in July, as far as some of the stuff we're doing now, but I don't think that'll be a thing for cool. a while. Is it going? But. So yeah, no um, rights was a thing, and then after that, Wait, so we gotta we gotta hold on. Well, we attempted to do it with Henry. Yeah, we attempted to do it with Henry and Tommy and that whole five piece band. That didn't work out. We ended up eventually tracking it with Carrie. Yeah, but do you remember when we tracked it? <laughs> we attempted to do it live. I was, brush, I was trying to brush past this. Our <laughs> can't tell. It was one of those awkward moments in the conversation where Dave can tell. I was trying to brush past something, but he brings it up anyways. Why don't you tell the people? In Funk for Free, we would switch guitar and <laughs> bass. And I don't remember why. I don't remember why we did that. It's it more of a... That slightly stupid yeah that we used to do way back in the aberration days and i always missed doing it so i wanted to do it then and when we recorded it we thought we'll do it in the studio and we tried to literally run out like i was in one room Dave was in another room and we tried to like run really fast and so it was the dumbest shit ever and henry was so mad I full responsibility for the reason that recording failed <laughs> Henry was like, you can't do that. It's off the metronome. Tom couldn't play to the click. <laughs> We're running in and out of the room. <laughs> yeah, we... That's a producer's, really like, worst really nightmare. We thought we were just the most punk rock kids when we were younger, but we didn't we realize we weren't, we weren't punk rock. We were just... <laughs> <laughs> just really dumb. <laughs> so on the, on the record, we had rights, AWOL... A punk, a gay, funk for free, and forsaken, and we ended up tracking the record with Colin on Colin Thompson on drums. Yeah, not Tommy, who we wrote the songs with, which is a typical sea level move to write songs with one drummer, track them with another, and then try to make another drummer play them. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> that is that is pretty much a typical sea level move. This drummer's gonna bail. We gotta track what he's doing so it's easier for the next guy. Yeah, so after Colin, well, I kind of brushed over that, but Tom eventually Tommy had a kid, and Gabe and Ming went on to play other pay music in other places, yeah. um, and we ended up playing with Colin for a little while, for about a year maybe. Colin was a cool dude, and then he got a really, good, really job. good job making 
an extremely high amount of money that me and Dave have never <laughs> comprehended before. And so he went and did that. And we ended up playing with Lee for a little while. Lee Clark. We never did, we Clark. Never did any recordings with him, but shout out to Lee. He we played recorded some, a video with him. Yeah, Stop. no, I mean, yeah. we never did any album recordings Studio. with him. Yeah. But he played with us for a little bit before we got Pat, who's been playing with us. I would like to, I'd like to officially announce this to anyone who doesn't know. Pat has been playing with us longer than any other drummer, and he's the official drummer of Sea level No other drummer has put in as many hours as Pat has. Let that be known. Let that be known. Hours <laughs> on the kit and off the kit, for sure. <laughs> Pretty much just hours dealing with me and Dave. I feel yeah. like Pat's become an expert at just dealing with <laughs> about, about zoning out and picking up a book. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, no, for sure. Pat's the best. I was telling George because George's like, um, "Who do you got drumming for you now?" I'm like, "Oh, we got this guy Pat Bullen." Um, and we were talking about battery. I'm like, oh, Pat does. Don't you tell me he eats drums for breakfast. <laughs> I should have. <laughs> no, I told him uh, he plays in a tribute band as well, um, the Queen tribute band, and I couldn't remember Tim Moon's name. And I'm yeah. like, with Tim, uh, fuck, <laughs> Tim, in, in the middle of that. If you listen to the episode, like an hour later, I'm like, Tim Moon. <laughs> 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 I'm definitely. I'm really excited to listen to the episode. By the way, George tells some good stories. He, he I, kills yeah, it. I'm, I'm low key jealous. When you called me earlier and you were like, right, Jack, "I gotta do the podcast with George," I was like, low key mad because it's like the only person in the world that is cooler than me. Yeah, you got a point. And we were supposed cool. to do this, and you went and did it with some. With the literally, you found the one guy that's cooler than me. Was it um? <laughs> but I, I reckon. <laughs> I might be beating his two-hour timestamp coming up here. Yeah, I think this is a this is a real deal. Uh, this is two real deal podcast, and like both uh, you and George have been super. I mean, you came segments. George didn't. He was like, he was new to the casting, and um, but yeah, George I'm a podcast guy. Me and you, me and you like to listen to podcasts together. Yeah, for sure. Long trips on the road. On the road, which I really hope we can do again soon. It's fucking tough. Fucking tough. <laughs> That's why you listen to podcasts. To eat pain. <laughs> Me and Dave don't. In the sixties, you did drugs. Nowadays, you listen to podcasts. <laughs> How the times have changed with the youth. <laughs> oh man, yeah, George. Um, George was asking about that, and he, uh, what was he? I totally blinked on where I was going with the Pat thing and George. Oh, you know, he, George was saying, um, he's like, uh, yeah, you know, if you want to do another one too, we can, uh, so he was like into doing multiple podcasts. Oh yeah, it'd be so, cool if we do the one with the three of us. That's what we got to do. Cause think, I'd love to ask him some of these questions, man. That's why I like getting these segments down because some of these questions are really good to where you can hit them in a serious interview or in a more laid back sort of friend thing like this, you get you know yeah. those questions work either way. You know what I mean? You can get good responses from stuff like that, for sure. But um, I feel like we've led up to cliffhanger. Uh, yeah, we've led up to the album, the new album. We're about at the time where we start to wrap this thing up. So, like I said, we're gonna record another episode. 
where we do some more goofy segments and then we're gonna talk about our new album and we're going to get really deep into that one. These ones we kind of brushed over. We kind of talked about the history of the band a little bit. And the new one we're... Yeah, totally. Sick. Sounds like 70s porno music. Hold on, hold on. It stopped, it stopped. Because I got... I got one more song. I don't know if you remember. I put the record on the on the table. I got yeah. an outro song. You got, got an outro the, song. Well, got bef- the perfect. Should we do a? Should we do the, the the outro plugs? Yeah, yeah. I was about to launch into it. But okay. You roll off it. With your roll weird it. Porno music. <laughs> but yeah, next time we're gonna talk about the album. We're gonna break it down track by track, and then in the next few days we might do an acoustic live stream. So keep an eye out for that. Um, we'll probably do it on the C-Level page, and it'll be me and Dave sort of just playing songs acoustic, talking to people. We'll promote that separately. But, yeah, we want to say thank you to everyone for listening and tuning into the podcast. Um, this is the first episode of Zig at the Gig with Coda, new, <laughs> new, new, newly branded podcast. <laughs> it's episode 25 in reality, but it's it's episode one in, in, uh, in the new unit. Actually. <laughs> This so I just I just want to say um, anyone that's listening, you know, share the podcast and tell your friends if you like what you hear. Leave uh, us a review. Leave a review on the podcast app. It helps out so that the podcast will pop up when you search it. All you got to do is type in a star. It doesn't even have to be a good review. You can leave a bad review. You can say five stars and those guys suck and it'd be awesome. <laughs> and it'll still be great. Any review you want to leave, we appreciate it. Um, Dave, do you put these on anything else besides the podcast app? Um, it's on podbean.com, which distributes it to some other podcast sites. But so, Apple... yeah, it's, pretty, it's just on the podcast app. If you have an iPhone, I'm sorry. You're not going to hear this. But I'm trying give it to... a review. Even if you don't have an iPhone, borrow someone's iPhone. Give it a review. And tell your friends to check it out. And then... Um, <laughs> If you want to get into, or also if you want to check out any of the albums that we talked about tonight, um, they're on Spotify, Band all Camp. streaming services, Bandcamp, SoundCloud. YouTube, Apple Music, SoundCloud, all that stuff. You can play any of the music. If you'd like to get a hold of any of the recordings that aren't out to the public, like I said, you can pay me a lump sum fee. <laughs> Give my PayPal information. Don't tell Dave. Um <laughs> If you got, yeah. if you want to drop a question, you can message the Zig at the yeah, Gig was, podcast and like, if there's anything we made more confusing or you think would be funny for us to talk about. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. If you want to reach out to us, you can message the podcast or you can message the band page or any of us personally. Dave is Dave Dickey on all Dave Ziggy Dickey on all social media on Coda Cross on all social media. Um, if you want to check out the band or get in touch with the band, anything like that, go to C level letter C dash dot com, which is letter C dash level four four the two numbers dot com. Then, if you'd like to email us, our email is letter C no dash level four four with the word spelled out at gmail dot com. And if you go to our website, like uh, all the stuff's on there, but I'm just going to hit you with all of it real quick. Our, if you want to follow us on Instagram, it's uh, at C level under at C letter C underscore level band four four band. If you look us up on Facebook, we're just C level no dash four four. If you look us up on YouTube, it's C dash level four four band. 
Um, we got some good stuff on YouTube. If you look us up on Twitter, it's just at C-Level44, no dash. Pretty much anywhere you want to go, it's C-Level44. You know, the website's the main hub for all that. And we appreciate you guys listening. Um, this has been, like I said, episode <laughs> 25. Ziggity Podcast. Ziggity Podcast. Taken over by Dakota Cross. <laughs> Taken over by the host with the most from coast to coast. You know, <laughs> Who likes uh, to put bread and butter before the toast? Uh, to tune in to the next episode where we're going to talk about the album. Cliffhanger. Cliffhanger. Cliffhanger for sure. Oh, yeah. Nice. Nice. <laughs> and we'll log it off with that. <laughs> <laughs>